Good morning. You are listening to Radio 3. Next, Hong Kong Heritage with Anne-Marie Evans. Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage, where I head over to Moy War on Lantau to visit Sally Grace Bunker, who lives in a rather lovely house overlooking the water, but surrounded by trees. Her husband Bob has a superb model railway track he built that runs in the garden, but I'm not here for that this time. I'm here for trees, beautiful botanical paintings of the bark, the seedlings, the buds, the flowers, Sally Grace Bunker's profession was as a school principal, but she's always had an artistic talent. In 2009, at the age of 60, she trained and, as we will hear, became a fellow of the Society of Botanical Artists. She would then collaborate for seven years with the then Head of Biological Sciences at the University of Hong Kong, Professor Richard Saunders, and his postdoctoral fellow assistant, Pang Chun Chu to create the book Portraits of Trees of Hong Kong and Southern China, originally in English, but recently translated into a Chinese edition. So here's Sally Grace Bunker at her home, introducing me to botanical art, which is done in watercolour. Watercolour is the medium of a professional botanical artist. It has to be because you layer it and you build it up and you can take it off as well. So you you start with a wash and there's a whole series of how much... I can get into eight layers, but you leave some of the layers so you get that lovely glow right through from the bottom. Very interesting to do. But it's, it's pure watercolour, and it's amazing how little pigment you really need to get the essence of that. Yeah, a lot of people want to slap it on, I know. <laughs> but the, the less, the better, actually. And here in front of me, you've also got your own colour chart. Yes, that's all the colours I've got. They're over a hundred and something. But you see, it's a yellow. Then you suddenly realise well, they're different about the years. But yeah, an awful lot. And they, it, in nature, they have the most incredible colours. So, for example, you've got this orange one. Now, that, is, you know, you look at that and see, would that look like that? Yes. Or then you have to add in yes. that like that. So you have to You've got cadmium keep... orange, red orange, yes. <laughs> Windsor orange. Yes, all sorts of colours. That's when I say you've got to have a lot of patience being a, a botanical artist or being a watercolour artist because you have to go through this series. And a lot of people want to go straight into it, have immediate satisfaction, really, it's called, I suppose. But you don't. You have to sit here and spend hours and hours. And I love doing that. You've got patience. I've got patience. Or when I tell my students about doing it, observational skills are absolutely essential. People forget. You give them a flower or a leaf, say, close your eyes and describe to me what you've just seen. Guarantee it's always wrong. Okay. Uh, Do you want to test me? (laughs) Yeah, I could do. I could do. Or a flower or anything. You've got to look at every single detail. And that's what's so incredible about uh, botanical work. You have to be extremely accurate. And that's what it is. Observational skills and a lot of patience and persistence because you're not going to get it straight away. You've got to keep going back and say, does that really represent that plant I'm actually uh, drawing and studying? 
So here, it's, I mean, we're at your beautiful house in Lantau. You're surrounded by nature. Yeah. It, it's, it requires quite a bit of gardening, I'm sure, but yeah. you're seeing it every day. But when you've gone out for a specific purpose, yes. so you're saying, right, OK, I'm going to make a study of trees or whatever yes, it yeah. was. Are you then photographing your subjects or are you each time? No, going... I sit there. You I sit. sit there. I have to sit and I had permission from the government to take samples off because you know it's not by law you're not supposed to do that but I was given permission and I sit there and I do that and then I was I brought it home and then you do it in different parts so this could be there. bark or oh yes yes uh, sometimes I did I had to take the photograph of the bark because of the color and everything so I had to write down what I think the color was ah uh, yeah it takes a long time yes it really does and then it takes a long time as well because with the book we've gone right through the botanical illustration has to have on what we call a portrait has to have all the parts of its stages of growth so you would never see that on one visit so that's why you have to visit it and then you put on to your portrait all the different stages yeah so it's not yeah. just pretty pretty not pretty pretty Oh, 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 it is scientifically correct. <laughs> because I think sometimes when people are looking at botanical paintings, I look back to the 19th century, yes, the Victorian, yes, you know, yes. they would go off mm. in whether it was the Galapagos Islands or yes. wherever. And this, yes. as you say, it's scientific. Yes. They are beautiful. Yes. But the, the key... Very correct. And this is why botanical art, I think now, is important actually still, because how do we know in 100 years' time what I painted is going to be the same. So how is evolution going to be affected by that particular plant? So if you look back, as you just said, to the 13th century, okay, it's when it really started, and obviously it didn't have the pigment. Oh, really? That's how, where yes. it goes back to? It goes back to monks doing that. Because they haven't got the pigment, but they've got the actual detail. They found out how it's evolved to our century now. How do we know that in another 100 years' time that will morph into something different because of climate change, adaptation to different ways. Well, I wonder, different. sadly, if there are times where your botanical paintings will be our generation. Yes, it will. And it, it will be. That, and that's why I think it's important for me to give the portraits I've done of the trees to the university because in, goodness knows how many years' time, when I'm dead and gone, <laughs> that will be important to the progress of evolution. When you're doing a portrait, you have to dissect it all and draw on your sketchbooks. I've got loads and loads of sketchbooks. And you have to write down exactly the measurement of it. And then you pull it all together to make your portrait. So I don't just have a thing in front of me and just paint it. I have to dissect the actual subject, draw that, stamens, stigmas, petals, all sorts of little nods and bits and pieces. They're all important to that species. So that takes a long time. But when you've got something very big, you have to then reduce that. So most of mine were actual sizes. But if it was a huge cactus, you couldn't really well put that on a huge, huge piece of sheet. So you have to say on it that uh, it's been reduced to this size. And I do enlarge quite a lot on to make sure that you've got the actual essence of it. So the Bombax Eva, I'll show you in... Which is what? Is the cotton tree latin that's when i actually took a stamen out of the inside put it into some water and it actually enlarged itself so i could actually see the detail and it's a curl it's absolutely beautiful so i painted it so that is something that may change in the future but as i got it recorded they can make a comparison 
Incredible work. Mm. I mean, but also, do you find that there's, uh, I mean, there's patience, there must be an element of frustration, I'm sure, along the way. No, never. Never? Never. It's too lovely <laughs> to have something in front of you that is so complicated. And you just sit there thinking, how does nature do that? Colours especially. Wow, do I, I don't get frustrated. Well, I do, yes, a little bit, because I've got all these colours and suddenly you realise that's not a colour on any of my charts. So I have to go and mix with vinyl. So if you have something, well, maybe a bit of red in it or a bit of blue in it or a bit of green in it or whatever. To get what nature's colours are is actually a very good challenge for an artist. It's not a case of, oh, there's blue. And you look at the chart and it's about 20, 30 different colours of blue. So you have to mix that, even though it's a blue, to see what other colour makes the colour of nature. So this is Portraits of Trees of Hong Kong and Southern China, illustrations by Sally Grace Bunker and the text by Richard M.K. Saunders and Chun Chu Pang. And so this is a science and art collaboration. Yes, and that's what botanical art is all about. It's, it's the aesthetic appreciation of nature and then the scientific side of it. So it is a combination, really. By career... You're involved in physical education, yes. you keep yourself super fit, yeah. but you've always had this art talent, but that wasn't at the forefront. No, it wasn't. Not no. until later. No. I think it's probably because I've gained more patience. That helps an awful lot. When you're doing what I've done, which is doing the athletics and the, the running and the teaching, I had to have patience with doing younger children. You, you have to, because they've got to have the learning process going through. I realised I need to do that as well. So I realised I have got a lot of patience and it was ideal for starting botanical artwork because I can sit there. But I'll tell you one other thing that I really do like though, I have gone through right to this moment 398 books. So my other part of the brain is while I'm painting is listening to very good stories, histories. Ah, histories oh, so all uh, audio, yes. Audio books. It's lovely having a, a, a history book. Yeah. While you're painting. While I'm painting. Because I'm actually, my other part of my brain is learning things that I didn't learn when I was at school. So you can part your brain like that? Yes, I have to, because if I didn't, my painting side of the brain has to be absolutely, completely concentrating. And how I do that is listening, to, part of my part of the brain is listening to a story. Now, your project has been for several years in English. It's now the portraits of trees of Hong Kong and southern China is now translated into Chinese. And can you tell me, though, how did it first come about? You had this talent. You then went for a qualification. Yes, I took a course with London Art College on, on a long distance learning course. And I was told by the... I'd never met these people, but they told me that I had a talent and they ought to go a little bit higher, and I did, and I went to the Society of Botanical Artists, and I've had no tutoring whatsoever. I just thought, I had lots of books, I did go through lots of books with people who could paint, I just looked at it thinking, how am I going to achieve that? And then some of the books actually show you the stages which you go through, but no one actually stood over me and told me what to do. But I thought, no, I can do this, and I managed to do it. And that took, the course took three years to do, and then I was made a fellow. So I can't do any further, really. So I thought, well, let's do something worthwhile by having that. And that's when I said to this guy, <laughs> what am I going to do with this? And he said, leave it to me, And because I, I ended up doing the book. And I feel sure, I'm not, I'm not a 
spiritual sort of person, but I know deep down that I was ready for this. I knew that my talent had always been there. I now nurtured it. I've gone into very in-depth work of botanical artwork. I've now been claimed as quite pretty good. <laughs> and I've used that gift and I'm very pleased I had. Don't give up when you're 70. I'm still going on. I'm 74 now in any case. And I, I will continue doing it. I just love and sharing it with other people. Sally Grace Bunger has previously written that it was in 2005 when she and husband Bob visited the 1,000 Years of Botanical Painting Exhibition at the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford in the UK and she was totally captivated by the beautifully intricate representation of plants and how, over the years, these paintings had become a record of flora of past centuries and she realised that she wanted to do something similar something that would benefit future generations of botanists. That's what I'm doing now. I've gone past the stage of really, I just still really love painting, but to actually now having a lot of the teaching practice that I had many years ago has now combined with my artwork because I'd be teaching children, very young children, old children, adults as well, to show them what botanical art is about and how important it is. And how lovely it is to see them concentrating. Yes. I mean, surely if you're taking young children out, which is, I mean, your work in, it was with kindergarten and uh, and kindergartens, among other things. Mm. You also taught tennis and and a variety of other things during your career. But with the young children, you often used to take them out by the waterfall here in near Moywar and actually have them out in nature. But with your collaboration with Richard Saunders and Chun Chu Pang, so they're saying to you, Here's a list. You'll find them in Taipo. You'll find them in uh, this country park. How did it go? I had to do a lot of walking. <laughs> I really did. They did have... Chu Pang was wonderful. He wanted to do it in so the he's very at budget. University he's, of Hong Kong? Yeah, he was, yes, yes. And he had a, a lovely way of giving me absolute details of where trees would be or where, what I've got to find. And it was up to me, and he came with me, and we found the trees. Most of the trees were on, on Lantau, a lot of them are. Uh, there were several on the peak and the new territories, and they, his students went out and found them for me. And did you also have to do it seasonally and say, right, oh, yes. okay, when, you know, yeah, yes. unless they're oh, evergreens? Yeah. I, I've got a whole chart of, I've got all these different colours. When it's going to start with the bud, the small beginning of the development of the flower or whatever, and then I had to go right through. So, yes, sometimes you had to wait for a whole year. Now, you said to me, oh, the project took seven years. Well, that doesn't surprise me at all. Because I think what also your book conveys, with its beautiful artwork, with its detail, is just how biodiverse Hong Kong is. Yes. Oh, that's why why I always say to people, we're not a concrete jungle. We're really not. Okay, we've got lots of high-rise. But you look on the ground, and even now, all the estates, these big estates are going, if you're down at ground level, you see trees. It's central. is so incredible now. Beautiful buildings. But if you're ground level, you've got trees around you. And I, don't, I hope everybody's noticed the air is much cleaner in central now than it ever been before because when we first came here you were coughing and spluttering because there was no there were no trees it just all the fumes from all the vehicles going around and Gavin Coates from Hong Kong University well, landscape started, architect the landscape he initiated that and rightly so and he's made a huge difference for having our lovely oxygen because without 
I keep always tell children, do you know they give you oxygen? What's oxygen for? Take a deep breath. That's what you'll bring in. That's what the trees do for you. Do you find that even if you're off to the shops, you, you collect as you go sometimes if you see things? Oh, I'm always looking out for different things. I'm always amazed at, for example, even the tiniest flowers that grow in some very difficult places. At uh, Chima 1, I've recently found a new, well, not to, it's a new species to me, a little tiny purple flower. And I thought, how heck did you get there? People just knock them over and I think, don't do that. This is little guys actually wanting to survive. Well, I find when I'm, I, I largely walk around Southern Llama oh, and yes, I, I yes. see a flower and I'm actually great. I almost, well, I do. I thank it because it's yes. just, I'm probably the only person in the world oh, I who is them. ever going to see that <laughs> okay. flower. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually do it sometimes. Yes, I did. well, deeply inside me, I, I think, thank you so much for being there. It's so lovely. And what, what really is upsetting, actually, sometimes when you see a whole area being burnt down, and that we don't know what happened at Chimawan, but the whole area was burnt down. But, but the trees are burnt, but in the ground, there are plants starting to grow. Now, because the trees have gone, we may new have a new species of plant there because it's just it was so barren, but it's all coming up green now. How do I know there isn't a new species of flower in there? Yes. You are going to have to crack on with this until you're 100, <laughs> yeah, aren't you? Yeah, yes. I mean, I, I just do it because I just enjoy doing it. I suppose I could spend ages and ages writing it all down, but I don't because I, I, I just see it. I can see it. I mean, I, even now I can see where that, that flower was. I can tell you exactly where it was. And it wasn't there when I went back the, two days ago, unless it's been knocked or something. It's right on the pathway. Or the water buffalo that nearly knocked me over the other day. I might have trodden on it. Actually, walking past a buffalo is quite an experience. Well, you must have had a bit of this, surely, when you're walking around and finding trees. You'd have been dealing with other aspects of Hong Kong's oh, yes. nature. Oh, lovely birds. Beautiful birds around. Um, but the water buffalo have gone up in the hills now because their meadows have gone. So they're they're adapting. They're adapt. This is a. How do you mean their meadows have gone? No, the fire. no, because of the uh, buildings they're doing in Puyo, the, the wetlands there are just being built on. They're still in a bit, but not half enough for the water buffalo. We're sitting in a very green area here yeah. uh, and lush, and but of course, you know, there's been various periods of Hong Kong history where it's been absolutely barren. Your book, now translated into yes. Chinese, what do you hope that people new to botanical art will take away with them? Oh, the diversity of nature. That's it just, people just think trees are trees, they're not. Each of them have got a characteristic of their own, and when you think about 390 trees here, indigenous trees, I think everyone's going to be amazed. I think they have been, actually, because Richard is unfortunately not here. I think he'd be absolutely thrilled to bits to know that so many people are, are looking now at trees in a completely different way. So, as you say, you take the stamen, you take the... Yes, yes. these are those off there. So I do the different stages. On that, I've got the... the these are the buds, the slightly opening, a bit more, an opening. And then I did the tree trunk. I always say to children, what's the first thing you see when you're walking through a woodland? Oh, big trunks of the tree. And I said, look at it, feel it. I said, that you can identify. And that's why I, I did this, because 
no one's going to look up and say, is this the right tree? You can identify trees with the bark of the tree. And that's why I did it all. So I, I do collect. You see, look at the difference between those. Oh, yeah. So you've got same. a circle, yeah. which looks like you... Don't <laughs> rub it. Yes. It's a quite a nice effect, actually. Yeah. So you, you can actually look at it and think, well, that you could identify the tree yes. with, with the actual bark. I've never really thought about that. No, no one has. That's the trouble. So what are we looking at here? We're looking at the bombac zebra. This is absolute typical of a botanical portrait because you start with the small bud here and then you go through the stages at which it opens up all on one branch. Now, you would not see that in nature, but in particular artwork, you see all the stages. So when you see a tree like that, you could identify it when it's early stage, middle stage, and then fully open. Yeah, so you've so got you the sort of pod mid-opening. Yes, yes. yes, on the branch as well. That's an important factor yeah. on there. And then I've got the tree and the little my little circle of what it's like. The bark of this tree is lethal, so don't fall on it because it's spiky. Mm. It, that's really hurt. People don't actually notice that. Um, have a look, have a good look at the bark of the bombax. It's quite knobbly. And then these are beautiful red flowers. Bats like it because they go into the underneath the flower. And there's nectar there. The flowers develop before the leaves, which is unusual for a tree. It's so nature has made it easier for the bats and the birds to take the nectar, which then, if they go through the top, they can take the pollen and take that to another tree to fertilise another tree. And then the leaves come out because the leaves are very big. How much did you learn a lot. in that seven years? I mean, that seven years, I mean, already just uh, uh, that whole artistic process that you're describing to me. I mean, the fact that you're out in the countryside. Richard was absolutely marvellous. He knew I wasn't that scientific, but he gave me enough information to have the reason why I had to do that little tiny nodules on the end of a petal or a end of a leaf. And that's some uh, nectar or some juice or no, something nice and tasty for ants. So the ants go in and then they can pollinate as well. It's just incredible uh, what I learned. But I'm, I'm not that scientific. But all those little things are nice ideas to tell children and adults as well. Have a really good look at this. See what it, why these little nodules are there. Nobody notices it. But if you take it off and you look at it, you think... Why is this here? And you start understanding the absolute detail of what nature can do and how they've adapted and how they've evolved. You would go out with Chun Chu Pang. And so were you out in the New Territories oh, as well? Oh, New Territories as well. Yes, they were. And he had students as well to find them. You became a fellow of the Society yes. of Botanical Artists. Yes. Have you ever drawn anything else? No. I haven't, just plants and plants. I tell you what's so nice. I think people who do portraits of people, they have that same talent. They can fill your character. See, you, it's, it's why people say, why don't you take a photograph? Well, the photograph goes, shut, gone, that's it. Your brain hasn't absorbed any information whatsoever. And this is why portraits are still painting of people, because that artist goes into the depths of you and it's very hard to describe. I can feel how... If you look at a photograph of a person and a portrait, I think you get a feeling from the portrait of something other than just a picture, if you see what I mean. You get to feel the depth. The Queen had hers done. I looked at her portraits being done by artists. Somehow, inside you, you feel something towards that because, you know, it's done by somebody who really 
understood what he was doing or she was doing. And that's how I feel about plants. If you do it to actually absorb what it's like, it's hard to explain that really. But it's a lovely feeling. It's a feeling of actually getting intimate with your subject. And that's a lovely feeling, it really is. To look at a flower and analyse it, you just think, this is just absolutely incredible. And that's what I like about it. It's like, like I'm doing the shells at the moment. My goodness, they're incredible. How can nature do something so amazing? Yes. So we've just come in a room where you've got a lot of your original painting. So yes. this is when you're deciding just for yourself, you know, what you'd like to paint. Yes, it is. These are from a garden. Yes, they're just flowers I like to see. Yes, yeah. they're not for any particular reason at all. I just like doing it. So I just sit down and do things. And, you know, things like uh, the orchid. Oh, yes. I did that. That is botanically correct. I was going to say, would you, would you be mm. capable of doing something that was botanically incorrect these days? Not really. I look at the... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I did, I did, actually. Um, I can't... No, I don't. I can't see of anything that... Uh, that uh... You've got some water buffalo here. Oh, yes. That's a sketch of uh, Nam Shan. They were sitting there and I thought I'd... I did take, take a photograph because they weren't very happy about me sitting too near them. Oh, that's a banyan. Yes. Yes. Um, that's a tree down in Moiwo and I had to take the fruit on the off they came off the tree onto the floor and she kept every morning sweeping them up and I couldn't find one that hadn't been damaged so I had to go down there before she was there oh this so is the I lady sweeping the lady sweeping so I had to put her in that so I did that on my own that's just one of my what my little stories there and I do stones as well Oh, wow, look at that. That's beautiful. So you've got stones. Yeah, Gorgeous. They're really lovely, aren't they? Yes. The colours in those are nice as well. I'm yeah. doing butterflies as well because they're, they're very similar. These are obviously going to be dying. Some school a long time ago dumped a whole lot of cases of beautiful butterflies and they were put by the side of a dustbin and someone from WWF said, would you like some of these? So I brought them all home, saved some of them. and uh, So these, these are, are dead ones. butterflies these that have been, yeah, been put in cases? Yes, yeah. Mm. And then I've started doing another very difficult on vellum. Do you know what vellum is? Vellum is the skin of a dead lamb or goat or pig. Now, the reason that it's very rare to do it on it is it's a skin that's been... Uh, worked on to make it look nice they are only animals that die at birth so when i have to get my uh, vellum they call me up from london and say who are you what do you do they won't send it to you until you, they realize that you're a, a professional botanical artist and i'm going to go more they're very expensive though sure. so how do you mean the animals died at birth they are stillborn so they were the butterflies this, this is on vellum it's very different from ordinary watercolour painting, which is done on a 140-pound hot press, which is made of cotton. And I have to get that from London because I can't get it here. And it's beautiful to work with. Vellum is... Watercolour doesn't actually go into the, the skin. It lies on the top. So you dab bit by bit by bit. It had to smooth into it. They take hours and hours to do. <laughs> that's a technique that's very difficult. So I'm, I've got three more pieces at the moment. I've got to decide. Because once you make a mistake, that's it. You can't do anything with it. But it's the same with watercolour. If you make a mistake, you can't really go back and rub it out. <laughs> it doesn't work. I've done three of these portraits. 
They are nice to do because I love doing this. What, the bark? Yes, it's beautiful. Different colours in it. Oh, if you look at something and you've got good colour, browns and silver Gray. and greys yes. and a bit of purple, just lovely, all matching in together. It's really nice. If you go hiking with Bob, does he have to chivy you along? No, he's interested as well. If I see something, <laughs> take a bit and say, can you climb that tree for me? <laughs> Sally Grace Bunker there talking about her botanical paintings in the book Portraits of Trees of Hong Kong and Southern China. Really a beautiful celebration of the biodiversity of Hong Kong. It was also lovely to be up on the hill out of Moi War in among the flora and fauna. Sally writes on her profile, My garden is a great inspiration to me and a microcosm of the biodiversity we have here in Hong Kong. I've planted things like Bougainvillea, and Chinese privet, which attract and encourage birds. Cheeky little white eyes, crested bulbuls, magpie robins, and passing stone chats and minivets, and a great array of butterflies and dragonflies. And, as dusk falls, the bats which roost in my fan palm come and dart around in the twilight. That's a bit of tonic in nature. My thanks to Sally Grace Bunker on Lantau. I'll head back sometime to look at Bob Bunker's outdoor model railway. Thanks for listening and join me next week. The Occupational on Hong Safety Kong Heritage. and Occupational Health Legislation Miscellaneous Amendments Ordinance 2023 is in effect. The maximum penalty has been raised to a $10 million fine and two years' imprisonment for serious contraventions. Employers, employees, and other duty holders should work together to prevent accidents. Complying with occupational safety and health legislation is a shared obligation for employers and employees. People who are patriotic and have an affection for Hong Kong and who are capable and aspire to serve can make our community better. Tomorrow is the District Council Ordinary Election Day. Remember to bring your identity card and choose your preferred candidate. Let's build a better community together. Cast your vote at DC Election for a better community. I will definitely vote.